Welcome to Ecoactivist Journeys. This show explores environmental topics, politics, governance, activism, well-being, creativity, and sustainability. Ecoactivist Journeys has been running on St Andrews Radio since 2017 and aims to explore ways to inspire climate action and change. My name is Leah Wyman, I'm your show host, and I'm a current fourth year international relations and sustainable development student. Really looking forward to today's discussion. So let's dive right in. Hello, welcome to today's show. Um, today is a bit different. It's a um, climate um, strike online radio show, which I've never done before. So we'll see. Um, but basically what we're wanting to do, we have I have a whole load of activists with me um, in the show today. And also I'm inviting all of you listeners to um, log on to the Buzzbox on standrewsradio.com. Um, and then you can comment and interact with us as well. But yes, um, today is really about supporting the um, international um, climate strike that is happening um, and speaking about climate activism, sharing why this is so important, why it's important that we speak up about it, that we um, stand in solidarity, that we um, all do something to to amplify voices and to um, really, um, yeah, amplify this message of um, climate action and um, the need to protect our planet and safeguard our future. So yes, uh, a little bit of an outline for today. We're going to start a little bit. I'm going to introduce you to the lovely um, guests that I have with me on the show today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, yeah, how all of us have got involved in climate activism um, and then also speak a little bit more about um, the different climate activists and environmental groups that we're part of. A little bit about um, activism in St Andrews. Um, and then I also have, we also have a guest from um, XR Unis joining us today. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, Extinction Rebellion, as well as Fridays for Future, of course. Um, and um, yeah, well, that's the plan for today. So welcome. And uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Um, with me on the show today are um, Heather, Francesca, um, Juliet, and Tom. Um, I'm going to quite randomly ask um, Heather to start introducing herself and just to um, tell a little bit about, more about who she is um, and how she um, became yeah, involved in environmental matters or in an activist in general. So thank you. Hi, so um, I'm Heather. I'm the Climate Action Coordinator for the Rectors Committee. And I would say that I first started to get involved in environmental work probably a couple of years ago when I started hearing about the global climate strikes. And I would say that I started getting very worried about the future. And I just decided to try and channel that energy into doing um, various projects. And I'm also an ecology and conservation student. So I think my interest in sort of preserving biodiversity also added to that. Thanks. Yes, thank you. Um, Francesca, would you like to go next? Hi, hello everyone. Um, I am on the subcommittee. I was you know, on the subcommittee with Leah for uh, the past year as a uh, um, um, staff uh, and community liaison officer. And I have, I have gone into uh, environment and environmentalism and sustainability activism because um, of the climate strikes as well. That was like a major moment when they started. 
and I'm a hard student, so obviously I'm more interested into the like social part of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pleasure to be there with you guys today and discuss about the climate strike happening again. Yes, and uh, thank you. I think it's really exciting that we're figuring out some sort of way to do an online interactive thing that isn't necessarily a Zoom event. So um, this is really exciting. Um, Julia, do you want to go next? Hey, um, I'm Juliet. Um, I'm uh, an activist uh, with Extinction Rebellion. Um, I wish I did more with the environment at the university, so I'm hoping to, but yeah. Uh, I've been an activist since about uh, 2019, um, again, because of this kind of anxiety that I couldn't just sit around and do nothing um, and just wanted to um, actually do something in order to help this emergency. Um, yeah, so that's me. Thank you. Um, Tom, our guest, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit as well? Hi, I hope, I hope my mic's working okay. I'm having a little bit of issues. Um, so so I'm, I'm Tom, I'm, I'm from Keele University um, and sort of my sort of specialism at the minute is environmental science and sustainability, but that's not really where I came into activism. I sort of came into activism from quite a, an early age and it was through my sort of exploration around Devon, getting out onto Dartmoor that I built up sort of just a, an immense sort of appreciation for the environment. And when I saw um, particularly like local, um, particularly local housing developments going on, you know, it really, really frustrated me. And I thought, you know, is there something deep, you know, is there something deep down going wrong? And that's where I sort of got into activism. And I've started to now try and form up a KOXR group, which is going pretty well, even despite COVID. So I'm really pleased with that. And um, yeah, with, with, I'm, I'm sort of also um, sort of helping out with the sort of the, the sustainability committee at the university because um, there's lots of sort of initiatives going on, which I, yeah, I'd be perfectly happy to talk about as well. So yeah, that's just a little bit of a background on me. Perfect. Yeah, thank you for joining us. It's really exciting that we're having a little bit of an inter-university um, discussion today. No um, yeah, that's really, that's really cool. Um, Maybe all of you would also like to give a little bit of a, I don't know, just an outline or a quick a message why you think it's so important. Like, even if this is like, obviously digitally, we're not necessarily like speaking to governments, but like, why would you say this is something like this or showing support um, even digitally for those things like climate strikes and environmental campaigns is important? Um, anyone want to jump in the right with a uh, right um, with a message or I'm just going to go on on a little yeah just going according to order again and, and start with um, start with Heather yeah so I personally think it's really important to show support for the strike even if it's digitally um, because the, the more people that support things like this the greater awareness and um, the general public has and even if we can just change one more person's mindset or view on the climate crisis, then like it really all adds up. And so, yeah, therefore, it's really important to support it. Thank you. Um, Fran, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, I think even if we're not, of course, like out on squares or like on the streets manifesting, um, I think it's important to keep up the, the back work, which then enables uh, actual change at government level. 
And um, even if online, just keeping things going, keeping the ball rolling, keeping um, keeping climate in the news is essential to to raise awareness, to spread awareness, um, and make sure that when we can uh, protest again all together, um, more people can join us. Thank you, um, Juliet. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. And yeah, so if it's really important that we keep it um, going digitally, because um, if we kind of did come back out and we didn't do anything digitally, it'd be like a huge step back. Um, and we're already some in some places we're already kind of far behind our like the scientist schedule anyway. Um, so we kind of don't want to be pushed even further back in terms of tackling the climate crisis. So, yeah, I think that's why it's really important we keep pushing this and getting awareness digitally, um, just like the others have said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, Tom, I know you you have the pleasure to be last, so I don't know if you have anything else to add, but maybe just maybe going off what um, Juliet just said with regards to online, and you said you've grown online as well with, with your um, environmental groups you've been part of. So, yeah, maybe you can just explain a little bit more about that. Yeah, so, I mean, so, you know, essentially, I can't stress this enough. Um, in some ways, COVID is a blessing in disguise. Um, there is the case for, you know, COVID being, um, I'm not going to quote from the Davos because I think it's utterly absurd what they've, put, you know, put out. But, you know, the idea of the Great Reset, right? Um, you know, we have a huge opportunity here to, you know, drive an agenda which, you know, pushes a green recovery. The problem at the minute essentially is that if it goes the wrong way um, and if it goes into the wrong type of development, like at the minute I'm quite conscious about incinerators and stuff like that, you know, if it goes into the wrong sort of recovery, you know, this is the sort of stuff we're locked in for the next 20, 30 years and there's not much we can. And, you know, you've got developments like HS2, which is another lock in development. Is that the right regenerative development to be going on? And these are sort of the discussions and the you know the um the active the uh, the activism is sort of now because you know after now it's the decisions we make now that you know will decide you know whether we make the tipping points or not so that's probably why we have to move in the digitalized um you know we have to move it onto to a digital platform and keep pushing because there is no other way this is the only you know the time for action still so yeah yes definitely agree i think it's it's so important that that we we push for all of this and that we sort of have a have a conversation like this and also carry on like just showing our support and putting out pressure like I think sometimes as an activist uh especially climate activism can sometimes feel like oh is there anyone like kind of listening on the other end or yeah, yeah. am I just speaking into this void um but I think um just from what has happened, like with all of the um, climate strikes since, especially for, since 2019, it does sort of show that it really does matter. Um, and I think governments and business are feeling some sort of pressure, um, maybe, uh, but it just needs to stay there. And I think that's like sometimes the hard part with like an activist, like it's just, it's a never ending job of trying to like hold leaders accountable and be like, you need to act on climate change. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's a whole that's a whole another topic we could dive into in, in the sense of like, I think it's so important that we support each other, especially because like it really does sometimes feel like, huh, are we talking to like who are we talking to? Sort of, um, especially if we post stuff online. Um, but I think 
it just like it adds up, especially initiatives like today when there are really a lot of people posting about this. I think it can make a difference in terms of like, oh, okay, it might reach some more people. It might make people aware like, okay, this is still an issue, still something um, to, to care and, and to, to look at. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's just a little bit from me on that point. Um, I also wanted to go a little bit into, I mean, I think everyone should know, but go a little bit into some definitions because we've thrown terms around like climate strikes and Fridays for Future and Extinction Rebellion just to make, um, like, yeah, make it clear from the start and sort of give some definitions or give some explanation of like what are these groups, what are their differences, what are their demands and things like that. So I'm going to start off and give a, a small definition of like Fridays for Future, what they say they do. Uh, from well pretty officially just from their website um but um yeah basically i mean everyone knows fridays for future is a group that started with greta Thunberg in uh, sweden um striking outside um the swedish parliament um and it's basically a climate active well it's basically uh, since then formed into a massive climate movement around the world um i think it's one of the fastest growing movements um yeah, I think it, it's really, it just goes to show like how quickly this movement has grown in terms of um, climate activism and really, um, yeah, encouraging. I think it's a lot about those motives of like unite behind the signs. And then we just go over the demands um, that are, um, yeah, that um, Fridays for Future highlights, which is like keeping global temperature rise between below 1.5 degree, ensuring climate justice and equality, listening to the best united science currently available, following the Paris Agreement, and um, yeah, divesting from fossil fuels is uh, one of the campaign aims. Um, so yes, um, I think that's a little bit of also something interesting, I think, about Fridays for Future is that it has quite a few sister organizations across the world. Like in the UK, it's um, UK strike network in Scotland is Scottish um, Youth Climate Strikes, SYCS. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think across the world, there probably might be a few that are just sort of, they are linked to Fridays for Future, but maybe slightly on a different banner and a different name. And then there are, of course, a whole lot of groups who like globally support and just sort of show solidarity, I guess. Um, but yes, let's dive into uh, what is Extinction Rebellion? What are its key um, demands maybe a little bit about how's it different i don't know juliet or tom who of you would like to take on this task yeah i can yeah actually no i'll, I'll just i'll just talk about the the first um so the first demand um so the first demand of extinction rebellion um essentially you know there's 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 a few principles of extinction rebellion and if, if people are to essentially if you get if you if you sort of believe in those principles you know you can you can be an Extinction Rebellion sort of member. You know, there is it's such an inclusive organization. And I've I've got to know so many, you know, different walks of life from it. It's incredible. Um, um, so essentially the first demand of Extinction Rebellion is um it's all of it's tell the truth. So it's essentially, you know, we want the government to tell us, you know, exactly, you know what it's doing, not only what it's doing about, you know, correcting the climate crisis, but, you know, owning up to its errors. And we've had a history of not owning up to our errors. And I feel like, you know, it's trying to push that agenda. Um, so one of them being a really great example of this is the CEE bill. So the CEE bill is trying, so the CEE bill is the Climate Ecological and Emergency Bill. 
Um, and that's being pushed through to Parliament. Um, it's got its second hearing on the 26th. So there's a, there's a, there's going to be some banner drops on the 26th if people want to get interested in that. Um, but that's essentially trying to say, hey, well, we've got, because we're this large importing country, you know, we actually externalize our emissions in another country. Oh, whoopee doos, you know, what are we going to do about it? Well, we're going to include that in part as part of our carbon budget, because, you know, that should be our part of the problem. You know, we are, we import, you know, so much from elsewhere. Why aren't we responsible for that? So that from, that's for me, that's how I feel telling the truth. That's, you know, that's what I sort of interpret it as. Um, but yeah, um, Jules, do you want to, yeah, maybe talk about the other ones, please? Yeah, I can. Um, so just to go back slightly away from the aims, I just thought I'd say that um, Extinction Rebellion is like a, there's an international climate movement if nobody had heard of it before. Um, <laughs> and we're, we are decentralised and we focus on um, raising awareness through um, something called uh, civil disobedience, but also through education and um, teaching, depending on um, the different, maybe the different subsets that of XR that you may or may not have heard of, such as like XR youth, XR universities kind of thing. Um, yeah, so our two other um, demands are ACT Now, um, and to go beyond politics um, and I don't yeah I don't want to go too much like into them right now uh, I think Tom could probably do a little bit of a better job um, but um, essentially the aims are to um, raise as much awareness po possible and get people mobilized and ready to help fight this kind of climate emergency and this crisis I can't give you any wonderful examples um but and also in terms of going beyond politics there's a very big thing about citizens assemblies and trying to um communicate with like everyone to see this is what we want and this is what we want to see and um we want this more kind of like more a greater sense of democracy and um right. in the way we do things um which is why you might see something called citizens assemblies associated with um things that xr do um yeah, if we say XR, we also mean Extinction Rebellion, just to, uh, to put that note. Yeah. Um, Tom, if you want to add anything about those... Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think it, like, as part of, say, so for um, Citizens' Assemblies, it's the idea of bringing together a uh, participatory democracy. Um, we've never had that in a very long time. Um, and essentially what it is, is it's like, this problem affects us all. So why don't we have the right to be able to advise the government in quite sort of a high level how to go about changing it because they've got a you know a pretty poor history of running things to the ground in terms of the environment so why don't others have a stake now is the, the, because you know these issues are almost beyond government and they need all the help they can get and all the advice they can get from normal citizens because it affects everyone um, so there's been citizens assemblies set up in there was one in ireland in 2016 um and that was really effective because um so obviously uh, so there was i believe that citizens assembly was on uh the irish um was on abortion right abortion laws but it was also on the climate agenda and before that citizens assembly they had ireland had like one of the worst performance ratings for you know going green and whatnot um, it was doing really bad but after that it essentially provided the pressure the legitimacy for the government to go you know the people 
you know, we're going to listen. We've heard from them, and we know that we're able to take it in this way, um, because essentially the government's always playing like that. It's like, you know, is the will of the people going to allow me to take this decision, yes or no? So the the idea of the citizens' assembly is to allow that pressure to, you know, be lifted there, um, and yeah, to to raise it out in the open, um, yeah, and just bring out, you know, these. These problems affect so many marginalized communities and we need those voices heard. We need to get them out in the open, you know, the ones that aren't, you know, um, heard so often. So that's that's kind of the idea of beyond politics. There is other stuff like beyond, um, aside from citizens assemblies, um, but that's sort of the main bulk of it. And Act Now is just based on this, you know, civil disobedience. Again, you know, that we have to act now during even during COVID, um, which is unfortunate, but it's the case, it's the uh, necessary evil, if you will. Yes, thank um, you. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that's given a good like overview a little bit around like the the broad organizations um and we actually really have a question in the chat that i'm going to address but before we do that um i'm going to play um, a quick music break um on the well the song that i'm playing is going to be um talking about a revolution because i just thought oh well we should be talking about a revolution hopefully we are talking about a revolution because like changing our society uh, and environment well really is about that right so um, that's the song that I'm going to play. And afterwards, I really want to talk a little bit more, go a little bit more specific and um, specific to talk about like some of the things that have happened in St. Andrews. Um, yeah, Tom, you could also share some of the things maybe that have happened in Kiel. And then we can, we'll dive back out to the broader again and to be, to a little bit about XR and to responding to questions. And then as well to give, um, we'll, to give people some like, points to be like, oh, how can you get involved uh, in climate activism, whether that's locally or um, globally or whatever you prefer. So yeah, we'll do that after the music break. Okay, so we're back. Um, I thought we'd start best start with um, our first question from the buzz box. And that note, if anyone else has any comments to make or just chats, do uh, take the opportunity to like really engage and um, ask those in the buzz box. But yes, the first question is how to make people step up and change and get more um, into organizing that does not involve conscious consumerism because that and other forms of green capitalism are still too prominent in the discourse. Um, so yeah, I don't know if any of you have any thoughts on this specific one. Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it does raise some fair points around like that strain, like that there's this, this balance, right, between us, between looking at like how can we become more sustainable and like lifestyle sustainability which is important because like they just form part of it but also that i think sustainability is also being misused quite a lot by a lot of brands um a lot of businesses in terms of just saying oh this is green or just putting a little planet or something on their product and like i mean it kind of works right like you look at them and be like oh this is interesting it looks sustainable especially if you're more inclined to think that way but like there's an extent to which like all of these products and things that are out there in the world that is just like too much. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you guys, guys have any thoughts on this. Yeah, I've um, yeah, I think that um, in terms of um, a lot of companies kind of misleading this idea of 
what is sustainable and you should buy our product because it's green I think yeah as you said it's very it's very difficult um to kind of determine which ones are actually green without a lot of like um like exploration to the like what the company kind of do um so I think one thing that possibly uh one thing that's good to kind of get people more into this idea of how to be more sustainable is to show them that it's not actually as complex as it might necessarily sound so I think a lot a lot of what has stopped people is let's say veganism for example people might say oh one way to be more sustainable is for me to be like vegan or plant-based but they see that as something so complex and they're not actually shown how to how might be the best way to actually like be like I don't know be more plant-based without it being some sort of expensive elaborate thing um and I think that's one barrier I guess um in terms of why people are being are finding this difficult to um try and be more sustainable and yet still actually buy the things they actually need in day-to-day kind of sorts of things so stuff like I don't know maybe um well I, I do know um like buying um secondhand things um is something that um, people are pushing a lot more because it means that you can still get the essentials you need and yet you're not actually um, necessarily contributing to companies that um are being detrimental to climate change um if that that's um makes sense i guess yeah yeah Yes, yeah, I was just going to add to that. Um, so I think it's it's really important for us to make individual actions as well. I think often people um, choose not to because it makes it feel like the problem's a lot more real. And often people think like, oh, we do need system change, which is absolutely true. But I think in changing people's mindsets, it's really important to try and do like small things yourself, even if you're just making small changes. And I personally find it quite encouraging to to work on the larger changes as like a group of um, people together. If I'm just sort of like keeping myself on the right track by just making small changes myself every day. And um, yeah, and I also think greenwashing is definitely a huge issue as well. I remember seeing um, a t-shirt in a fast fashion industry that said like save the planet. And I just thought that was so ironic. Um, and yeah, so it's definitely a massive issue. Yeah, if I can add like a last thing um, to what Heather and Shelley were saying, um, is that it's it, it scary to like go out there um, and organizing things and mobilizing. That is probably one of the scariest thing you can do. Um, and I'd say find a group of people that makes you comfortable and make sure the issue you're addressing is something you really care about. You care about to push your boundaries um, and actually stepping out. Um, and also accept that not everyone is born an organizer. Not everybody is born um, a speaker. Um, find out what suits you. You might you might be best off just doing logistics or being behind the scenes or doing graphics. Um, everybody know best what they what they can do and how they can contribute to something. So just find a cause and a group and find your place. I think that is a, a really nice note um, to add. Thanks, Francesca. Um, I think also on that. Like referring a little bit like what can we actually do i think i think we also really need to be pushing like industry and like i don't know i don't know how much government has said this to um like label things because i think it's actually quite hard sometimes to make conscious choices if you're looking for environmental products and things like they it just i think every product should have like their environmental footprint on there because sometimes it's not as straightforward it's like 
some of the things might be more high carbon footprint, but then they're local and then they're things that are, um, uh, yeah, international that maybe are less carbon footprint, but they've had to travel far. So it's kind of sometimes not the easiest um, way to, to figure out like, well, which is actually the sustainable choice. And I think um, actually demanding a lot more that these things are labeled and that like maybe it refers a little bit to that thing of like tell the truth I guess what that XR talks about um, in the sense that we need just companies and governments to tell like the truth of like what's actually in this product and like where's it come from what's the carbon footprint and I think uh, that's something that maybe as like an active way for campaigning that um, is something to look into um, specifically on the note of I guess consumerism um, I'd really like to talk a little bit about some like some of the things that all of you guys have been involved in I don't know if you want to share something like um, specific around like oh this was an event or like a climate strike or it doesn't even need to be a climate strike but something environmental that you were involved in that you sort of felt sort of through that felt like okay I'm doing something like meaningful and I feel like this is that really made you, I guess, passionate about being part of like this movement and this community? So I think one one event definitely that sticks in my head that truly kind of like made me think, oh, hang on a minute, I think I can possibly turn myself within this climate activism thing, um, was summer of 2019, um, I got the opportunity to go to um, Reading Festival with a group called UK Student Climate Network, um, who also liaison with XR. Um, and we put together some speeches about why the climate emergency was so important um, to acknowledge and what we were doing and what we wanted to do um, to like fight it. And um, we um, it was quite a small audience, um, but we we're still on the stage and there were about five of us um, and we all delivered our reasons about why we were fighting the climate um, climate crisis. Um, and it was just one of those moments where like. I don't you could just see the like people kind of intent listening and I could feel myself being listened to and people actually taking in what I've been saying and my words actually making an impact and that was when I was like oh, okay wow this is like this is if we keep doing things like this and if we keep mobilizing people to do more like in terms of talking to people and using their experiences to encourage people to join then we might actually be able to get somewhere and raise more awareness. Um, yeah, and we also kind of did like a, we went around Reading with a massive like banner. We had a little parade thing, which was very cool. Um, and we like welcomed people in into a stall um, and we had some prints and we were talking to them about Extinction Rebellion and UKSCN, showing them the kind of, it's not just all about what they might hear on the media, um, because I know that kind of, there's a big thing where there's quite a negative light sometimes of Extinction Rebellion on the media side. So that's another aim that we had there to kind of show we're not all about like gluing ourselves to things. It's like, we are going to teach you. We're going to like, yeah. Um, but that's um, that's an event that particularly sticks in my head. Um, yeah. Tom, do you want to go for you it? Know, yeah. So, I mean, I just wanted to pick up on the media point. Um, so it's something that I've had to address pretty recently is the stigma with XR. I mean, for a university that is quite is making, you know, leaps and bounds in terms of trying to push towards sustain, um, sustainability, um, we actually had a 
um, something go through the SU, which basically made a, declara a declaration statement against XR. Um, so I had to get over all of this stigma in the in, in the um, uni about you know uh, people obviously going on to uh, uh, because so the whole idea is it's a decentralized movement. So it's what you make of it. It's what you decide to do in your small small group. So it's however comfortable you feel with your group, you know, you can take uh, uh, for you to take. Um, so, but then at the end of the day, you know, it's the Rupert Murdoch press in the very, you know, immediate elite who, you know, they are in, they have, they are funded by all the big, obviously the, the big um, companies that are trying to get this uh, protest bill march through parliament because that is, you know they don't want they don't want protesters at their gates anymore with direct action that is you know that is a that's they've had enough but we haven't had enough and we're going to keep on you know fighting but um so i just like to stress like yeah what you've heard what a lot of people heard in the media of xr is obviously is you know very concerning but then the media is so skewed now and because there's not enough alternative media like um i i um, I'll just plug like Double Down News, which is a good source of media. Um, you know, you, you're not hearing these really interesting, nuanced conversations um, that are coming from sort of maybe say more of the left or or whatnot, because yeah, because of those sort of media um, oligarchs going on. So yeah, that's why we have such a big they they control us. I mean, we 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 blocked the the Murdoch. Uh, press with the Paradise Papers. We're not in their good books, and we will never be. Um, I think your your connection broke off slightly, but we definitely did, did got the the gist of that. Um, and I think it's something important to point out because um, media attention is actually something quite critical to movement. I've been looking at movements at the moment uh, for my IR course on activism, and I've been looking at the um, the. I think it's also something that's um, evolved um, over time. You see, I think in the past, there was a lot more press and media that was a little bit free, that was less, I guess, government or organization controlled than nowadays. I think it's actually quite uh, difficult to get uh, messages around climate change out. Like anyone who's been activist is trying to like contact local newspapers. You'd be like, hey, um, talk about this. Like it's it's not that easy. Um, so I think, I think that's definitely a, a good thing to look out for and also to be aware of um that that's quite difficult but a lot of what is out there in people's minds and news and thoughts is what's on like what's on the news and what's on the newspapers that they're reading so i think um there's something important to push for uh, with just with press just to to have that to say okay well speak about this um Heather, do you want? Would you like to share something? I don't know a moment that stuck out for you, uh, where you were involved in, in activism, where you like, okay, this is something really important to be part of, and that inspired you. Yeah, sure. So, um, just going off of, yeah, the fact that, um, well, there is, we are getting slightly more, um, talk of the climate in the media, which is obviously an amazing thing. But um, with the increase in this, we have seen like an increase in eco-anxiety levels. So a lot of people um, what we've seen in the uni are, are suggesting that they're getting quite worried or anxious about climate change. So with the Rector's Committee, one of the events, we actually had our first one on Tuesday, was the Eco-Anxiety Cafe, which is um, a session we put together where people can talk about their worries about climate change and just sort of 
um, yeah, chat about what makes them feel better as well. So I think although it isn't directly tackling climate change, it's so important to make sure people have a positive mindset and don't feel like they, there's no hope and they can't do anything at all. Because um, I think often that can lead to climate denial if you just feel like you're so small in the world, when really I believe that like everyone can make a change, even if it's just like a small action. So yeah, that was my event. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I think there's definitely so much one could go into with regards to like climate anxiety and I guess getting that like balance between like we need media and people to talk about like the truth of what's happening and some of the hard facts and the difficult things in the world, but also like there are already quite a lot of people in the world that really do care and a lot of young people as well. And I think some of that like those things in the media can be quite like anxiety inducing if you look at everything that's happening in the world. Um, so, but I think for that, like finding community and finding spaces to talk about all of this and to make voices heard and make anxieties heard, I think is very important. Um, Francesca, would you like to share? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I came, I came to university here in 2018, um, and in first year I took both geography and sustainable development, which were like mind opening uh when it comes to um the climate crisis and uh, like threshold we're like uh breaking and um the quite grim future which is in front of us um so when we had the first um global climate climate strike in 2019 i was super keen to take part in it um and it was like a very an amazing energy and it was so refreshing to see that people my age um, had the same concerns about the future and about climate that I had. And I've been holding on for like past year, more than a year at that point. Um, and I love the energy and even like the solemnity that there was uh, at the land descent in, uh, in 2019. That was something I don't, I don't think I'll ever forget. Um, and I was, I mean, I was really, quite sad when um in 2020 come coronavirus everything was kind of halted and all these like possible connections between like fellow activists and like environmentalists um uh kind of got broken or like severed for the moment being and um when they proposed another uh global climate strike on september 25th uh, 2020 um i decided I mean, and Leah, Leah knows this because it was a, sub, a subcommittee, uh, an environment, I remember an environmental subcommittee effort. Um, we decided that it was um, was time to demonstrate that we're still here, that the climate crisis had not gone away. It was just out, out of the news for the moment being because everybody was so concerned with COVID. Um, and we decided to make a second line of sand uh, with, uh, with shoes to represent all the people that could not be there in person that day, but that held on um to the to the climate crisis and we're concerned about it um and wanted change to happen so that was an amazing thing um to see happening and the power of like a handful of volunteers creating the drawings and like lining the shoes on on, on west sense was something amazing to to witness um even though like there was wind and like conditions from 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 ideal but we made it work anyways and i'm so glad it worked yeah thank you for for sharing that i think i'm gonna talk a little bit about that as well because i think um those are also some of the events that for me i think really there is something about uh, the st andrew's line in the sand that happened on the 20th of september 2019 that i think 
energy wise like just made me feel like so hopeful I guess to be part of this community of people that are standing up for this and that it's just like that sense of energy I think that's really the strong power point where you realize like as a movement and as people like if we come together there's like we have so much power and we have like we have such a voice really and I think I I love being able to see how this one action and visual image of people like lining up with 1,200 people lining up on the beach and especially like I guess like that drone image of like how many people that lines out to be um, really how that impacted people um, on the long term in St. Andrews as well how that led to like the university um, being deciding okay well we really need to like double efforts and, and do more and, and through that also forming the environmental sustainability board and the new strategy and I think that's really shown like oh my gosh like this is an activist event but like I'd, I'd left a message and people like it's something for people to do afterwards um and I think um yeah it is it's sort of um interesting because then a year later with with Francesca um organizing the, the shoe line in the sand it was always like quite like an anxiety around like well how is this going to go obviously it's it's during COVID like how how can we make it work like it was quite a stressful happening of being like it's just a handful of volunteers no risk included um but like so it was a small miracle it really could happen with with all of the the restrictions even then even though they were looser back then than they are now I guess um but I think I've actually heard quite a lot of people say like that they almost found like some of like what they saw with the second line of the sand just the shoes almost like more like impactful in the sense that it may really made them see and reflect back like this is where we are literally a year later this is what's happening with the world in terms of like um yeah and I think there are so many direct links between between this like wildlife crises and like I guess like covid um coming from yeah being a the disease that it is um and i think that linking to environmental destruction and how we treat our planet and really plan the, the interlink between planetary and human health and the how that has caused us to be where we are now and really also making a stance to say well this is not the future we want so i think yeah that was really yeah something that that um stood out for me I know we're like really running towards like the end of the show, but I actually wanted to speak um, speak a little bit about um, if Juliet and um, Tom, you want to tell us a little bit more about what specifically XR Unis is, because um, I know that's something that you're heading. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to talk a bit about that. Um, so XR Universities um, are a part of um, XR Youth, which is the youth movement um, underneath Extinction Rebellion. Um, and we do follow the, um, you do have the XR aims that we mentioned earlier, but we also follow this focus of, um, I call it the three Ds. So decolonization, sorry if this is not in order, uh, democratization, I can never pronounce this, democratization, yeah, needing democracy and decarbonization. I've said that so many times and I still can't pronounce it. Anyway, so this is our kind of, a lot of what our um, aims of, and things focus on, um, these three things. Um, and we, rather than focusing on, there's a lot of, I guess a lot of people think that Extinction Rebellion focus a lot on actions and um, like these very like big um, disruptive protests. 
um, but a lot of work Extinction Rebellion Universities does is um, looks. We take a, do a lot of international stuff. We do a lot of education and um, trying to, um, um, I guess, I educate people um, about a lot of the things that are um, going on and the impact that this is having internationally. So something that we focus on a lot is the impacts on the global south and how they've been suffering from the changes of climate change this climate crisis um, for years and years. Um, and um, although we're possibly just seeing the effects here in the West, then they're experiencing, they've been experiencing floods, they've been experiencing like, uh, I don't, like extensive kind of like weather changes for a lot longer. And it's, um, Exo University, yeah, they have a lot of their, a lot of their aims are focused on that and trying to reach out internationally. So like, for example, um, a, like, Last week, um, there was something they did in line with a group called XR Youth Solidarity, which are like really big and do a lot of stuff with XR universities. And they were talking to indigenous communities um, across, we were doing it across Zoom, and they were showing how they can help to um, encourage people and uh, motivate people about the climate crisis through the use of art and music, for example, um, and talking. And we, they came. There was another thing earlier on in the year where they actually came to, I think it was UCL, I might be wrong about where that was. Um, and they spoke about how climate change is impacting them and how they'd like to work with people within Exo Youth and Exo Universities to um, promote and encourage more people to um, understand the climate crisis. That was kind of a little bit ramble. I probably went a bit further away from the general gist of Exo Universities, but it's just showing a little bit of difference between um, the big Exo Extinction Rebellion and then what our main focuses are um on that note yeah we um in kind of a smaller like a but more basic term um we've got groups all across the uk so it's like um xr groups um in each university i guess if you like xr universities uh we do have one in st andrews i guess that's a slight promo there um but <laughs> yeah so um and our intent is to bring all these universities together in order to universities are quite influential that we can use them to I say use universities we can encourage more students um to participate in the climate crisis through our universities um and yeah sorry I've been talking a lot um but yeah if that gives you an idea yeah definitely thank you I think education is something important and all of this really shows that like this is part of like like there's so much you can do on different levels depending on like what you want to do and how like the active stance you want to take um let's have a very quick not more than one minute statement from all of you of like either that be a plug of how people get involved or either that be a message of the day you decide how to use your like one minute but um yeah Francesca do you want to start um okay I'll just say like yeah I, I just read through the message from before like find something you're passionate in um and just follow through um that's it find what suits you best but just do something something is better than nothing always and I think activism and environmentalism is not an exception thank you um Heather you next yeah I would say to um always have a positive attitude and have hope um when you're demanding system change and just try and talk to people like as many people as possible about the climate crisis and why people should take action thank you um Julia I think I'd say don't be afraid of um standing up for um, what you think is important and what you believe in especially with, to do with the climate crisis if you don't think something is right um yeah 
um don't be scared to voice that um yeah yes thank you and last but not least thank you to um i'm going to tom as our guest um and thank you for that like inter-university collaboration today so you can have the final message uh, so my my final message is <sighs> essentially yeah like like yours i like just you know just just be don't don't be too afraid to speak up at the end of the day there's lots of support out there for instance you know xr they have a whole lawyer team should anything happen with also all of the support that comes with that um there's also lots of support to get to places from with xr youth so if you're under 30 and say a rebellion's going on like you you know you can be reimbursed for travel costs and that sort of thing um so you're able to be supported that way and also um there's um accommodation that you can normally get um supported with which yeah really so i mean i was coordinating the campsite at brockwell park and that was yeah sort of fun in itself um and yeah just there is so much support out there once you sort of just find a few resources um and yeah the and just a last plug would probably be that the CE bill again is going through on the 26th and universities should be declaring a statement of um you know a, a declaration of support for the CE bill so let's you know let's get them on board as these you know institutionalized um you know quite significant organizations to uh, to to be in support of this bill because it really does matter um so yeah that's probably my last comment on that but yeah thank you so much for having really enjoyed this yeah it's been great yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining and thank you for everyone who tuned in as well um last message really is that no more empty promises let's let's push for this and let's really make um take take whatever activist stand you really want to take i guess and um, there's so many ways to be an activist it doesn't have to be going onto the streets um, like francesca said find what works for you but also do find community and i think there's something really powerful of standing together and um, being activists and being an activist community together and realizing you're not alone in this and we're all going to fight for our future. So yes, thank you. Thank you for tuning into Eco Activist Journeys. This is a recording from my radio show on St Andrews Radio, which I've been running since September 2017. I really hope you enjoyed today's discussion and if you did, please follow the Eco Activist Journeys podcast. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you're doing well and that this episode has been inspiring for you. Thank you for joining the journey. Take care. Love, Leah.